Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Kaijus. Joining me today is the motherfucking best co-host a guy could ask for, Austin Albin. How you doing, bro? What's going on, man? First off, wonderful to have you back. We missed you. We're glad to have you back returning to us, and I feel like like we're getting the boys closer back together once again. I am excited to have another wonderful episode here. We're all the way up to episode seven now, which is insane to me as we are just rolling through these movies, and boy, do we have a banger today. Bro, we have an absolute best, but it is great to be back. But unfortunately, we don't have the full boys yet. Cameron is not able to come to this episode right now. But me and Austin got you covered with your kaiju talk, your comic book talk, everything. We got you going. Absolutely, man. We are here. We are ready to go. But Cameron, if you're listening to this, get your ass back here, boy. I swear to God, get your ass back here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, let's go and roll into our Slice of Life segment, man. How have you been doing? Man, we have been doing good. You know, work has been steady. We've been running. We've been grinding. Life has been good to us, you know? get We got ourselves a job. We're doing wonderful. We're, you know, we're making gains in life. And honestly, that's all we could ask for. How about yourself, my man? How have things been? Absolutely, man. I mean, things have been going great, dude. I've been playing some Call of Duty Cold War. Just having a blast oh, with hell that. hell yeah. Having a blast with that. It's kind of buggy. I stayed up to like... Oh my God, like 5 a.m., bro. I stayed up to like 5 a.m. playing Cold War and I was like, oh shit, bro, I got to go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, nah, man, that's true I, gamer time right there. Bro, bro, I was just having a blast jumping back and forth between multiplayer and zombies and back to multiplayer, back to zombies, man. Playing with some good buddies of mine, bro, all night. It was just a straight up vibe. Hey, man, that's what it's all about. If you're having fun, then that's all, it's, that's, that's all that matters, man. Exactly, man. Well, let's get to this uh, interesting kaiju film, to say the least. I don't know what you're talking about. This movie is a absolute banger of a uh, movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean the the fact that we watched it together definitely enhanced it. Made, uh, it made it better. It definitely, it definitely <laughs> it enhanced it the vibe that it had. <laughs> Absolutely, and it, it, it's 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 better if you have a friend. That's all I'm going to say. If if anyone wants to see this film when we start this, I'm gonna I'm prefacing this with. You need to have one or two options to watch this movie. Be blasted out of your mind or have a buddy because it enhances the experience 10 times better. And if you watch this by yourself and try to critically, you know, nitpick because you'll be there for a while. Exactly. I mean, this movie, it's it's fun to watch with a buddy. Just kind of kind of shit on it a little bit, kind of make jokes here and there. You know, just I mean, it was a nice classic movie experience for me. Absolutely. And today we are diving into the 1961 film Reptilicus, which is a inch, a very, very interesting film. Uh, I would like I would go ahead and say that this is kind of, you know, piggybacking off of the kaiju craze back in the 50s and 60s when they were starting to really get going. And it was really starting to be popular with everyone seeing Toho's success with the original uh, Gojira, and then they had success with Rodan, with Mothra, and then Raids again. The films were profitable. They were making money. And then even with America's King Kong making very good money, all of these other nationalities and countries were looking at ways like, hey, we want to get a slice of the pie too. Which, I mean, if, there's nothing inherently wrong with that because, I mean, why not? You know, give it a crack. If it works and you make your money back, then it's a, it's a success. It's great. But if it doesn't, you know, hey, you're at least putting your hat, your, you know, your name in the hat to go into the kaiju world. And, and this was this was Denmark's chance, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was these early pioneers that really just excelled 
or not really excelled, but like pushed the craze for giant monster movies. And without these, I mean, movies would probably be a hundred percent different than what we're even looking at today. Like even with superheroes and stuff. Oh, I agree. And I mean, even if you look into superhero films, the same thing back in the day, they were, I mean, they were nothing to be even remotely compared to nowadays, but if they weren't mm-hmm. back in the day being pushed and move forward by all of the pioneers of back in the day, we wouldn't have what we have today. Absolutely. So, not. so you got to pay homage. Absolutely. And this film really does pave that way for the, <clears throat> the, the, you know, the movies that come in, in its place. Bro, I'm just, you know, saying, movie, movies like this bear crawled. So Pacific Rim could sprint. All right. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And hey, if people out there say, oh, Pacific Rim was just nothing but a giant monster fest. That's what you fucking signed up for. The <laughs> film is about giant robots. Get over yourself. <laughs> Get over yourself. I swear to God, bro. Like if, if you're not into giant monster movies, don't watch giant monster movies. That's simple. <laughs> yeah. Don't, like, if you didn't like Transformers, then don't go watch a Transformer movie. It's, exactly. it's that simple. It is, it is exactly but, that fucking simple. It is. It really is, man. And this film, it, it was directed by Paul Bang, which is the uh, it was directed by Paul Bang and Sidney W. Pink, which Sidney W. Pink, uh, his actual, uh, I guess you would say written alias was just Sidney Pink. Uh, well, I don't know why he just took the W out of his name, but hey, you know, we all want to have a little bit of incognito in our lives and hey, go for it, man. He he not only directed this, he produced it. And this is his original write up. He wrote this film script and all. And considering that this was a pretty much one man army that did this in all aspects, it's not that bad. I mean, it it was a one man show. <laughs> I mean, it's cheesy. It, for sure. <laughs> it's cheesy for sure. But when you also look at like the budget and just the rest of what was going on, I mean, yeah, it's kind of what you would expect. Yeah. And it's not. I'm trying to be good to this because of everything <laughs> it had going for it. But look, people, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The film is bad. It's overacted. The kaiju, my God, Reptilicus. Oh, good, sweet Lord. Is he just, he is so fucking ugly. And not even like the good ugly, like the puppeteering for him. It just doesn't. Yeah, no, it it is a mess. The puppeteering is terrible. The puppet looks horrible. The destruction is terrible. And like the destruction scenes near the climax of the film would have been so much better if the puppeteering wasn't just so dog shit. I mean, at at points, (laughs) it just felt like they had it on the end of a stick and they were just shaking the fucking stick back and forth and calling it like good. Absolutely. And it it was rough to rough. I imagine if you watched this alone, it would have been a dredge. It would have been one of those like, this is just not good, man. Bro, honestly, like I was watching it and like even between moments where we were just kind of shitting on it. I was like, why the fuck? Why is this this happening? (laughs) Why does does this movie exist? (laughs) Hey, just remember, we were going to do Rodan, but because we want to be nice to Cameron, we decided to watch this. So Cameron, damn it, you made us watch Reptilicus. (laughs) Damn it, Cameron, bro. <laughs> Come the fuck on. But no, th- honestly, with everything going for this film, it had some decent moments. It had yeah. some good I it had some good ideas. Uh you know, like I said, this isn't really even based off of anything. You know, Sidney Pink wrote this up himself. And I mean, the idea is good. Honestly, I like the idea. That, you know, uh, discovering a creature that can regenerate and you discover it underground. Essentially, what happens is you have copper miners. That are, you know, obviously mining for copper. They end up hitting something, you know, a little bit extra squishy that isn't copper. And it ends up being a piece of 
the creature, which is Reptilicus, and they get into what they later discover is the tip of his tail. And when they get into that first, when they're digging the hunks of meat off of the drill, it's very... It's very juicy. Oh, it's, like, it's gross. <laughs> There's pieces like, pulsing. Like, yeah, oh, it's crazy. It's, oh, it's been underground for millions of years. That's awful juicy for a million years, bud. Oh, yeah. That, that meat looked fresh. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty fresh. It looked like they just went to a meat market and they're like, okay, throw this in the mud and then throw it on the drill and then peel it off. <laughs> it, it, it's been there for millions of years. I don't know if that's how that works, man. Yeah, but, no, definitely not. <laughs> but after you know, after they discover it, the uh, the the miners who discover it and the scientists who are there uh, observing the situation, they decide to call the Denmark Scientific uh, Society, and they end up drilling. They they dig up the creature's tail entirely, and they want to start you know figuring it out because you know, hey, it, this is a whole creature we've never discovered before. Mankind needs to know about it, so hey, you know they get it, they pull it out, and they put it into like is this freezer to preserve it because they want to study it. Obviously, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is where the movie starts kind of getting into its where it starts to actually start going, and you, they're trying to give this creature a backstory. They're trying to give uh, some sort of explanation about it and really set up the creature for the rest of the film. And the scientists and the people that are involved, the acting is just so over overdone. It it doesn't need to be so exuberant, I oh guess would be like, the proper like, term. Like when that maintenance or security guy or whatever stuck his hand in like the electric eel pit and he was like, uh, dude, dude I, I swear to God, I thought I was watching a sitcom for a second, like a fucking like seventies sitcom. Like, yeah, it was just so cheesy. Like, beyond. It's like they really didn't know what tone they wanted to go with the acting. Exactly. Like, they tried to be funny. They tried to be serious. They tried to be charming. And then, like, you've got the maintenance guy sticking his hand in the electric eel, and he's like jumping all over the place. His face is going. Yeah, ooh, ah, 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 wait, wait. You're yeah, making all the he's noises. Making, he's making man. the stupid sound effects. I mean. And then and then he just pulls his hand out like it was nothing. Yeah. It, but then we get to, you know, we start moving the story along and we get to meet our main, I guess you would say our main guy. He was the guy who discovered the tale. Mm-hmm. Our, I'm, we, we agreed before we started this recording that we are not going to even remotely try to butcher this man's last name. So he will be <laughs> referred to as our main boy, Bent. He Absolutely. is the Bent lady puller. Every Absolutely. chick in this movie wants her boy bent. <laughs> like, the God, bro. Like, like, like you're saying that, but like, you know, we got the clip running in the background and it just played the part where the two chicks walk and grab him by each arm and they just all walk off. Like that scene just showed up. So it's like, bro, they wanted us to talk about how much of a player this guy is. Like every single chick in this movie wants a piece of bent. And it's great. everyone wants a piece of Ben, man. And Ben's not even doing anything. He just he does absolutely nothing for the plot other than find <laughs> Reptilicus. But for some reason, bro, that's enough for these chicks. All right. <laughs> Dude, Ben's just got that swagger to him, man. He just exists and they want him. It's just like he's like the, the Danish Fonzarelli. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we get to moving on with the film and we're starting to get introduced to these other characters. And they start trying to, you know, preserve this. This, you know, specimen. We move on to the film a little bit later down the line where one of the it, it pretty much what happens is one of the scientists stays late. He stays late and he ends up falling asleep 
And the film has a it's spontaneous. It's a German thunderstorm. Yeah, the thunderstorm <laughs> happens and knocks the power out. OK, so this is this is where you and me, I remember where we watched this. We were both just like, what the hell was that? Yeah, we, this door. OK, the door that is in this like freezer has a latch. It is a latch that has like a railing system that makes it uh-huh. like a the, you. You have to lift yes. it up from the outside. And it has it to be lifted up and pulled out. But somehow, okay, somehow this this lock, because the power goes out, spontaneously loops out of this U-shaped lock and rolls out and the door opens. Dude, no explanation. There's None. nothing they, they for They never that. even try to describe what happened. <laughs> they just gloss <laughs> over the fact that this door opens up. And we're just sitting there like, it's a U! It's a U-lock. It has to come out of it. Yeah, you There's can't, no you can't force just, pushing it out. Exactly. You can't just push on the door. You can't just pull on the door. You have to lift the latch out and pull. <laughs> it, it, it just, we both are just sitting there. It just Bro, dumbfounded we were laugh, by We were this. laughing our asses off watching this scene in the movie. We were like, wait a minute. That latch should not have fucking opened, period. Just period. So they end up the... The other scientist comes back in, which is our other scientist, with a, which is being starred as by uh, Osbjorn Anderson, which I hope I said that correctly. He is our main scientist that we are that we are dealing with with the majority that's, of this. That's film. the scientist that's on the screen right now, right? Talking to the yes, gentleman. that's the older gentleman. Yes, he go. that is as that's a. Uh, Osborne, which once again, I hope I am saying your name Let's correctly. Let's call him Mr. Anderson because that's the last name. Mr. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. So he <laughs> is uh, our main scientist here. He is the guy that he comes back in. He discovers that the uh, the door has been opened. The power had went out and are now previously frozen specimen of Reptilicus has now it is now fully just soft tissue he is just he's he's a little bit leaky he's a bit leaky right now so that you know they come in they freak out oh the specimen's ruined it's all destroyed he's been thawed out it's all he's starting to decay and then they look at the tail where they drilled into him to originally discover the actively bleeding and regrowing yeah it's actively healing it's coagulating and getting like his skin is regenerating and everyone's like oh shit like, like it's not getting it worse; it's getting better. And the first thing they do immediately call the Americans. Oh yeah, they immediately not? call the U.S. military. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, oh, not, not just the U.S. government, not U.S. scientists, the U.S. military. They're like, you know what? Send your army. Come on, yeah, <laughs> this thing's we regenerated. We might need you. <laughs> we've discovered a tail, you know, out in copper mining. So what do we do? It's starting to regenerate to cause the Americans. Cause the <laughs> so Americans. They just, <laughs> they just, you know, we got to come over there. The fuck are y'all doing, Germans? You better not be pulling no weird scientist shit again. I swear to God, we've been. I swear to God, if y'all try to bring the, if y'all try to bring that Hitler back, I swear. <laughs> we've been. No, 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 no. Hey, you said regeneration. You better. Where's the body? Where's the body? <laughs> where's the body? Oh, he he was destroyed in the explosion. I swear it wasn't there. Like, hide the cyber Hitler. Hide the cyber Hitler. Hide the cyber. <laughs> hide the cyber Fuhrer. <laughs> hide the cyber Fuhrer. Quickly. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> so they have this giant press conference where they give us more con- like more exposition of you know explaining pretty much what we just said to the you know to the audience where they are talking about how it is regenerating mm-hmm. how the creature is just suddenly coming back which obviously is a scientific you know breakthrough that we've never even remotely experienced in our lifetimes and mm-hmm. in their lifetimes for sure 
So they end up explaining what is going on. And as the film progresses forward, we end up getting to a point where they are starting to actually actively try. And of course, oh, hang on. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Go back just a minute. We need to show them what we. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For, For reference, if anyone wants to watch this film, stop at the 24 minute and 50 second mark. (laughs) <laughs> and just look at the face and you're welcome. You're okay? welcome. <laughs> That's all. Just look at the face and you're welcome. Absolutely. But, but uh, it progresses forward and they're actively trying to, you know, bring this creature back. They are start. They got approved to feed it nutrients through a tube mm-hmm. to give it nutrients and give it, you know, things it needs to grow. Look at our boy, Brent. Our, got a lady on his side while Bro, everyone else just God. runs in. Swear to God. Like, look, Dude, look. Ben. He's like, he's like, oh no, but I'm not going to step too far away from my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> not too far away. Not, no, 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 sir. We ain't social but, uh, distancing yet. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they start actually actively feeding nutrients to this, to the tail, because, you know, it's starting to regenerate. So yeah, they, they want to feed it. How far it, it can go. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, scientific-wise, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. And, Regeneration uh, would be terrific for humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, for sure. What could possibly go could, wrong? Yeah, what could possibly <laughs> happen to that? You know, what's going on, bro? Yeah, maybe giant monster, but oh well. Mm, hey, I don't know. <laughs> hey, gotta take the good with the bad, all right? <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so after they start actively feeding it nutrients, our our homeboy here, which who we've been knocking on, which is Peterson, the maintenance guy, he he believes he hears the creature move. Which is at, at that point is pretty much the beginning of where shit starts to slowly go down. Mm-hmm. As in, Reptilicus is actually actively growing more and actively getting more active. So he's no longer just this like stagnant piece of a body part. He is actually starting to move. So we get to see him start to grow. He starts to become a threat. He actually starts to, you know, grow appendages. He's getting bigger. He's even getting so big that his tank can't hold him. So they have here's where the power goes out. Yeah, the power goes out again, which apparently Denmark is just unbelievably notorious for power outages. They have another power outage where Reptilicus. They say a couple of ways of how he how Reptilicus escaped. As in, like, they say, like, oh, because of the enhanced nutrients, he just got so strong that he was able to break out. Or he, uh, you know, it was because of the thunderstorm that he just gained power from it or something along those lines. I don't know. Uh, the telephone they, line on top of a tree. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> the line's not working. What does he do? It's like, oh, no, my creature that I'm about to, I, I, I can't. It's, it's getting too big. It's getting out of control. Maintenance yeah. guy, go do something. And he obviously is like, bro. I gotta do is like go go get the cops. You know what are the cops gonna fucking do? There's a giant monster in a box over there. Just dude, just go <laughs> go tell the police. Go tell the police. Go go let them know like shit's going down. And what does he do? There's only one thing to do in a time of panic. <laughs> Grab <Hans>. Zeluga. <laughs> I get get Zeluga. <laughs> get Zeluga. <laughs> so at this point, Reptilicus is like, I guess he. I guess you'd consider him at full strength at this point. And, you know, he he brings a fucking Luger to try to shoot this creature that's, you know, humongous. (laughs) Absolutely huge. It goes about exactly the way you would expect. Reptilicus breaks free. He gets out and he's he's now officially on a rampage. And our first official death has happened, which is one of our scientists. And 
about 40 minutes in, we finally get an actual look at Reptilicus. And boy, howdy, is he fucking ugly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, God, the wings. Looks- the wings are so bad. They are. The wings are bad. Uh, and, and he's like, he's like part reptile, kind of part mammal, because he's got like a little bit of tufts of hair here and there. And which like, I don't know who decided that was a good idea. Me either. Like, come on. You could have just made him a skelly reptile. Like, literally, yeah. literally it having hair does not factor into any of the movie or the plot whatsoever. They just did it because. No. Why not? I and guess. It's just like, you know, you have like the, the cinematography in this film. It just doesn't it doesn't it, it has so many cuts in it bro rough like, cuts rough yes cuts. it's rough like, cuts like they're not like how me and you were complaining they're not like they're not like oh this is happening and then this is happening no you're like okay this is happening wait what the fuck just happened what, what what's this now like what's going on here what we again like we're switching again i didn't even figure exactly out. and then we're switching again you're like but like that's how the whole movie is Og Wiltrop was the guy, was the person who did this cinema, who was, who's director of cinematography, and it was edited by Sven Methling. And both of them, honestly, I imagine they tried their best, but they had a rough bit to work with here because a lot, they had to try to make this creature look convincing. And there's no way to make, oh my God, here's the part. I oh fucking, my God. Yes. I love this yes. part. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Scene. Okay. Best scene right here. 43 minutes. We're going to both name our, one of our favorite fucking scenes in this entire this film. Family, is it? Like, this family is just, just vibing their own fucking. Like, dude, home, own, look, like, homie walks outside. The fuck yeah. going on here? Oh, <laughs> the shit. Cheesy, the cheesy CGI <laughs> of him being caught by Reptilicus <laughs> and being eaten by Reptilicus is the best part of this entire movie, other than Reptilicus trying to take a nap in the ocean and then blowing his ass up. Oh, yeah. People look at the 42 <laughs> minute mark. Trust me, 42 it's minutes so in, it. it's worth it. it is Reptilicus so worth rolls it. up on this family that is just literally setting in the woods. Absolutely. Like, he, they're just eating. They're just th- eating. I don't like, know why he goes to them, but he does. It makes no sense. We're in the middle of nowhere. He's right next to the water. It makes sense for him to go to the water because, you know, fish life. And for some reason, oh, he likes God, to sleep in the water. Oh, that looks so bad. Oh, my God. Bro. <laughs> It's so bad. He looks so bad. <laughs> it is <laughs> like that's like what I'm saying about cinematography. It just makes no sense. Like the close-up shots you can get away with, and then they light him on fire, and he screams like a fucking banshee. Mm-hmm. And like the post-editing with like the venom spitting and shit like that looks shitty. It doesn't even look like it's coming out of his mouth half the time. God but I, like the scenes where they're actually shooting the fire, like the napalm out of the flamethrower, actually at least looks good. Yeah, I mean the fire but, looks really good. Yeah, it, you can tell. Like, obviously, they took like military footage mm-hmm. in this. Like, blatantly took military footage, which I mean, once again, it's not bad for a film that had a budget of one hundred and thirty-three k. That's it's definitely not. It's bad. not bad. It's not bad. And you know, after that, they they fight Reptilicus at the in this scene it's a, it's the first real like military interaction he's a per, he's impervious to cannon fire to gunfire and yada 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 but apparently he just fucking he ain't having it with fire apparently fire is his like kryptonite because the minute they break the flamethrower out he retreats into the into the ocean now why they didn't just leave him alone at this point i don't understand i i really don't because like 10 minutes later, they decide to get on a fucking boat and go out here into the ocean and go fuck with it. 
Like it could have been injured under the water, just sleeping, and it would have stayed that way. Absolutely. But guess what? They decided. You know up. what? They just had to wake it up. No, they did. They had. They had to go wake it up. And when they woke it up, guess what? It was pissed. Absolutely. It was pissed because it was sleeping at the bottom of the fucking ocean. And guess what he was doing? Vibing under the water. And guess what he got hit in the head with? A fucking depth charge mm-hmm. on his face. Which I will tell you. Straight up looks like they took a like like a puppet. It looks like they took the reptilicus puppet, they put it in a bucket of water. And dropped like a firecracker, like one of those water they firecrackers. Were, yeah, they were just dropping like firecracker, like water dynamites into a bucket. Mm-hmm. And it would blow up and the puppet would just ragdoll like four or five feet and then land back to normal. And then like, look, this right here, this scene, these scenes here, this straight up is like news footage of a ship. And this is at the 55 minute mark. Yeah, we're here at the yeah, we're at the part after they've dropped depth charges on him because apparently they dropped depth charges on him. And it, who'd have thought it have pissed him off? Yeah. And he decided to sink the ships, which they didn't show any of that, which is honestly they just fairly showed the post. Yeah, they showed the posts of everything happening, which yeah. really was just it was just shitty. Kind of underwhelming. It, it really was. It that that could have been some rampage there, but you know. I agree. It could have been a bit better. You win some, you lose some. We are also talking about a shit movie that we came up on the last minute fly because we couldn't do Rodan. Anyway. Cameron. Fucking Cameron. You, you dick. Get your ass back. But- here. <laughs> <laughs> cute, cute ass, ass son of a bitch. You cute motherfucker. Cute ass. <laughs> cute ass son of a bitch. Fucking trying to kiss or something. What? <laughs> trying to kiss. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know. Moving on into this film, we're getting a little bit more into like we're starting to come up on the climax. We're starting to get forward on the climax and Reptilicus is starting to move into like the main city of Denmark. Uh, One quick note that I forgot to bring up because I really didn't want to spend much time on it. But I also want to say like in between after. Before we go into the water after Reptilicus, there is quite literally like a 10 minute time span of them going out into the city of Denmark. Mm-hmm. It literally is a brochure to go visit fucking Denmark. It's a Bro, Denmark commercial. They, they show all the landmarks, all the really cool buildings, the statues, the fountains. Like, I'm pretty sure they even show like cuts of like bridges and stuff. Just they do. Made. And they even say what they are. They yeah. even they, they explain what it is. Like, and it's like the entire scene it, feels like a commercial saying, hey, come to our country. Yeah, and it's just, it's so weird. It doesn't it's mesh. Just, it does not no, mesh. It would have made completely, sense. It would have made sense if they were, like, purposely showing it as a commercial and then, like, maybe having, you know, uh, Reptilicus appear in the background or something. That that would have made sense, but they had no mesh for it. It was just awkwardly there and awkwardly gone. Mm-hmm. And you can even tell, like, when they were filming that and they were looking like when they were looking at the landmarks and shit like that, people were there looking at it and they were, then they saw the camera roll up and they all started staring at it and moving out of the way. So you could tell like they, that was nothing great. My God, the puppet work looks just absolutely uh, atrocious dude, right there. The only thing <laughs> destroy looks- this building, okay. Reptilicus. Okay, but, the, but the only thing that looks worse than the puppet control is the fucking acid or whatever that green goo is that he spits out. It looks absolutely horrendous compared to the rest of the video. Yeah, <laughs> like it that's true. It's this it's, bright neon green on this relatively like monotone background. Monotone background, but it's this bright neon green. It's blatantly fake. It's blatantly, blatantly. obvious. So, and fake. it's it like, is. they didn't even try. Like with like with Godzilla, you know, they had the fucking they had the little spigot that was shooting out the like 
ass or the sh- it was shooting out the fucking liquid for the atomic breath and shit. This one they didn't even try. They just they were just like, all right, let's throw this like really ugly ass neon green shit across the and dude like this this whole okay we're at the climax of the film now people yeah, the, we're the at the point rampage. of where yeah this is where we finally get what every kaiju movie and every kaiju fan looks for which is the climactic rampage of the monster that we have been waiting to see and my and the military god, trying to take it down my god is reptilicus just like the worst at doing his job absolutely like, the worst bro like honestly, he is the guy that, he's the guy that calls into work <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and honestly, like, we were talking about it earlier, man. Like, bro, I swear to God, the military, like we were talking about, the military does a better job destroying this city than fucking Reptilicus ever could imagine. Dude, oh my God, they do. <laughs> Half like, the time he's all just the way sitting throughout, there like... Bro, I swear to God, they're just blowing shit up. He's just chilling behind a building. They blow up the building. They blow up the building in front of him. To get to him. <laughs> they're like, damn it, Johnson, that building's in our way. We can't shoot the monster. Get rid of the building. Get rid of the building now. <laughs> Shoot over the building. No, get rid of the building. Then we'll get rid of the creature. <laughs> get rid of the building. <laughs> Just fucking destroy it so that we can see it. Well, sir, why don't we go around? That sounds like a waste of time. Blow up the building. All right. Wait, that's too much gas. <laughs> that's too much gas. <laughs> Those missiles it's, cost more than the gas, but all right. <laughs> dude, it's it's so just crazy to watch oh the military it, physically do more than he does. Do more damage. Than absolute absolute yes. damage, bro. He, like, uh, I guess you could say, oh, Reptilicus is doing damage. He's, yes, he is leaning on these buildings so aggressively. Holy shit. I cannot believe the destruction of this creature as he just sits there and whips his head back and forth, going, and doing uh, nothing. Oh, the fucking neon green again. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. It's the, Nickelodeon. This is the one time I'm not going to say, give me the sauce for this one. All right. Like, no. fuck off with that neon green shit. Oh, my God. It's just this yeah, that's, bright. That's, like fluorescent or neon and it just covers the and entire these screen people are falling in this fucking water oh, yeah, on this that idiot lifts the bridge and everybody just the bridge. and the people riding their bicycles don't stop they just keep going <laughs> and they act like they're dead dude it's like that's like what 20 foot that's maybe that's 20 30 feet into water into water that's not gonna kill you that's not even gonna break a bone that, exactly that's that's a little bit of a rush and then splash Exactly. And, and you and can then see you the have difference. You can see the difference. You remind it just. You look can at that. See the scale. But I mean, like, look at the look at the height. Yeah. Nah, it's not bad. It's, it's really it's not. Like, even if they think like, oh, oh my god, but if you hit it without surface tension, the bikes are hitting the water first. Yeah. I mean, even hey, if you oh do hit it with surface god. tension, it's just a fucking bad belly flop, bro. And then somehow the like somehow he's now in the water. I I, I, I I never understood they never, that they never showed why he went to the water or anything no. because he was in he the was, middle of the he was like in the middle of the residential area just destroying and just, and shit. suddenly he's in the river suddenly, he's just suddenly there nowhere bro swear to god <laughs> that, that's like the biggest issue with this movie and it's cinematography and it's editing choices it's it, there's so the cuts are so fast they're you so have bad. no sense of what's going on one minute you are looking at Reptilicus in a city and metropolitan area where he's on a rampage. Next cut, he's out in the middle of the fucking forest. And then next cut, he's in water. And you're like, exactly. There's what? no explanation what? why he went to the water. He wasn't on fire. So he wasn't going in there to put out the fire. He, he, just wasn't, the he water. wasn't on the ropes. They weren't fucking him up like they were trying to, but they weren't doing anything like none of their guns were doing anything. None of their bombs were doing anything. So why would he go to the water? And now, now he's back in the residential area. Like they didn't even explain. And there's the ugly ass green goo. 
like did not explain how he got out of the water back in the residential or why or not residential but now he's in like the huge buildings yeah it's it, still, it's, it, the cuts are just so wild dude it's it really is just insane absolutely but we're starting to get to the end we're starting to wrap this film up and we're starting to get to near the end of how they how this film ends but hold on there's one scene that i want to fast forward to. you know the exact <laughs> fucking one i'm wanting to no. <laughs> you no. know the exact are, are one you I'm going to the jeep for. are you going to the jeep no i'm going to the fire one where like our homie reptilicus just goes up to this building that's on oh, fire. oh yes yes and it's like it cuts away i think it's right it. here i think it's right here <laughs> Cuts away from him, and then he cuts back to him, and then it looks like Reptilicus walks up to this building, okay? And this building catches on fire. Somehow. And it's, somehow <laughs> it's just a flame, and he's up against the building. It cuts to the scientists, and they're talking. And he's just like, smacking yes, his head against the fucking building when it cuts back. <laughs> we're, we're just neat. It's like, what should we do here? We, we're, things are getting bad. How are we supposed to fix this? What are we going to do? We have to find a way to stop this creature. And then it, <laughs> it cuts back to Reptilicus. And he's just sitting on the fire, like, "Oh fuck me!" He's How just the like fuck sitting there on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, dude, it's, it's 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 hilarious. Oh my it god, it makes no fucking sense. It makes zero sense because, like, the building on fire, mind you, all throughout this rampage, he's just plowing through buildings, or sorry, smacking against buildings with really shitty ragdoll and moving past them with them being destroyed. To this building catches fire, and he just smacks his head against it as if that's going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! I, j- I just missed it because they were yeah they were it. mixing. There there it is, is, there okay, it is. Yeah, like, oh, okay, he hits the building. It goes on the, fire. It just the one catches hour, a flame. The one hour and fourteen minute mark. Check yep, it out. Yep, one hour and fourteen minute. They're they're making this bomb in this AT four uh, missile launcher. They're like making they're this like chemical making the, yeah. component to make it to where it'll kill it. Yeah, but it, like he hits the building, it catches on fire. They're like, okay, the building's good. Make sure you mix the right components up. Make sure everything's fine. People yeah. running away in panic. Back, back to the him. building, oh, and, he's just and he's just smacking his head on it. <laughs> like he's not even biting it. He's not like hitting it. No. his body or anything. He's just smacking his fucking head on it. It's he's just setting the the puppet is setting there just on fire. It and is I, so I, rough. dude, there's. I am saying right now. I bet anybody of a crisp five dollar bill. There is no way this puppet did not catch on fucking fire during production. I swear, there to God, is, it had to have multiple times. Multiple. There's times. no way. As many times, other than like the obvious, you know, flamethrower scene, other than that, you cannot convince me that this puppet did not catch on fire. There's no way. As many times as they had stuff like either igniting or being on fire and the puppeteers were like, "Okay, just slam it into the wall of it and that'll work. Yeah, that there's no way it didn't catch a flame. Absolutely. So. So as we're wrapping this up, they create (laughs) they pretty much create this toxin to stop its ability to regenerate. And they they form a plan. They have to launch it into the creature's mouth. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they go. The military rolls up, getting ready to stop it. And like an ambulance distracts it or something. And one of our characters, you know, a homeboy right here with the blood on his head, decides to Allahuak bar himself into the creature, which I will tell you is probably the most like senseless death I've ever seen. We in don't a even, we have no attachment to this character. Don't even know his name. Nothing about him. And he just gets on a jeep. He just drives straight for Reptilicus, and Reptilicus just steps on him. There's no cut to his face screaming or saying, like you know, for my country or anything. Just step. That's it. it it's kind of more like he lifts up his little tummy and just, eh. yeah. It just kind of just plops back down. It's True. like, why don't you just move? 
Oh, there's like, the fucking goo again. Like, move out of the way. Jesus. Just go to the left a little bit or go to the right a little bit. You wouldn't die. Yeah. It's like, nah, I'm just going to nah, go straight forward. Today. I'm going to drive into it. Drive to the side or like to the right or a little bit to the left or something. Nah, I'm going <laughs> straight into it. I'm just going to die. I got a cut on my head. I, I'm done. I'm done with it. Absolutely. So he he dies. They end up shooting the rocket, hits the creature in the mouth, and the, the toxin works, and it dies. He just slowly starts to fall down, fall down, and boom. And for some reason, he goes, like, white. Yeah, he turns white. I guess it's just to symbolize the toxins killing him. I don't fucking I guess. That's kind of fast. All right. Yeah, and he finally just, bleh, he dies. Keels over, or more like the puppeteers just drop the strings, and he just mm. falls flat. He dies, and then... I don't know why they thought they were going to be, you know, good enough. For clever. Yeah, <laughs> it, because hey, they I'm they, not, they I'm, not going, I'm not going light here. Right? I'm not pulling any punches, bro. <laughs> I, yeah, can, it, I cannot they, believe they thought they were good enough for a fucking sequel. I, I don't know either, dude. I don't know how they thought they were even going to remotely make a sequel with this thing because they cut back to the water where they were shooting depth chart, where they were throwing depth charts into the water at him. And they blew off one of his little feet and the foot is like actively crawling and moving forward and it's like okay dude and then you it really think <laughs> it cuts to credits and that is reptilicus the, the movie made eight hundred thousand dollars in box office now that is a combined of the denmark release and the u.s release into one box office so, so they made a lot of profit off of it but still i mean but it was just a bad it was movie. so bad it was bad enough to where they were just like yeah we're not doing another like, one you can have a movie that dominates box Ain't office happening. and it turned out to be shit absolutely lord knows absolutely dude hot, and, takes, hot take star wars episode seven uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i, I rest my case <laughs> but uh, overall do i think this movie could do you know like the premise could be salvaged i think so i, mean, I think yeah. if it was given like it a modern day touch oh, oh yeah, yeah. I think it could have been so much more, and I think it can be so much more with modern technology, modern premises, I mean, and modern this, takes on it. Generation, they fix that ugly yeah. screen, all sorts of shit. Yeah, I think it would be a great film if they ended up bringing it back and actually like giving it a proper try. But you know, we'll see. But overall, as far as the ka- the kaiju portion of this film, and it, it serves its purpose. It is a kaiju film. It gives you your monster kick. I I recommend it to you if you have a friend, if you have some drinks and you want to have a good time and you watch it together and you just want to have some fun and, you know, watch a movie and get a good laugh. Watch it. I highly I, I say go for it. Have a good time with it and enjoy it. But if you're wanting to watch a kaiju movie and you're by yourself, uh, honestly, man, just skip it. Go on with your life. Move on. Don't worry about it. But as far as a final take on this. Matt, man, I, I gotta say, well, what, what are you gonna, what are you going to grace this with? Man, okay, so if I'm gonna be honest, if I had to watch this bitch alone, bro, probably like a two or a three out of ten. It was absolutely rough. The cinematography is bad. Uh, the only thing that was halfway decent was like a little bit of the music here and there was all right, but yeah, the acting it was all over the place. You you could tell that they. Like you said, they didn't know what mood they wanted for this movie, and that's where they Very fucked up. Because so. you have to decide that before you start filming. Mm-hmm. And they just could not decide if they wanted to be funny, if they wanted to be serious, if they wanted to be suspenseful, if they wanted to have terror. It was just 
all over the place with the acting and just the expression of the movie itself. But watching it with the boy, shitting on it here and there, making jokes, <laughs> have, having a great time. If you're just wanting to hang out with your friends and just shit on a movie that you don't really pay attention to, that it's a good one. It, it's a good one. Like it's a solid one. Like I'd say a six, maybe a seven. If yeah, you just, yeah. If you're, just, if you're just shitting on it with your friends. <laughs> yeah. If you, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna do the same thing here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it about a six. If you're with the boys. If, if you're, you're with, with the, boys, the boys. If you're with the boys, I give it a six. If you're by yourself, I'm gonna be dead straight honest and give it a three. And Swear that's being this generous. This, this one, like, you thought Godzilla Raids again was rough. This one is a whole nother fucking scale of I'll, rough. I'll At go least, rewatch that before I rewatch this. <laughs> I will rewatch Raids again <laughs> before I rewatch Reptilicus. Uh, Dead ass, dude. I, I swear to God, bro. <laughs> so, I mean, now that we're done with that and Reptilicus, Whoa. we have locked it down. Real quick, Mr. Give- Kaiju Expert, I got to take the reins on this one, buddy. Because. Okay. Oh, and quick little commercial break here. Uh, Comics and Kaiju has launched its first round of merch. It is a Give Me the Sauce logo, or not really logo, but design. It says Give Me the Sauce with comics and kaiju on it it's got this really nice orange lettering with a really great font tj did a really excellent job designing this tj <laughs> absolutely this is our first round of merch we are gonna start working on uh getting some artwork together and getting some more merch out but check it out it's on t republic uh go down to the project louder uh page we have comics and kaiju merch we got what coffee mugs hoodies shirts phone cases all sorts of stuff to just check out and while you're there you know you may as well check out some of the other podcast merch you know give our boys some love you know gore and more all of them absolutely everybody you want to rep the boys you want to be a part of the crew and be able to say give give you the sauce and rep comics and kaijus out in the world exactly that's how you do it you you want to you want to wear a face mask that says give me the sauce comics and kaiju bro you got it fucking do it like honestly the black looks really great in my opinion the green hoodie looks really good or not the green hoodie the green t-shirt looks really good oh yeah no i've already told a bunch of people about it they're excited to try to yeah, get their yeah. hands on it i, I was talking All to my that? friends about it like i have a couple of friends out here that uh listen to every single episode so far and they're like oh my god you launched merch and as soon as i hit them with the link bro they're like hell yes we're gonna buy some <laughs> And I'm like, bro, I got you. And I was like, I know this one's kind of plain. It's our first merch. Hey, it it's just, our first line. It just first says, give me the sauce. It just says comics and kaiju. You know, simple. But I promise simple, you, it, we will get you some artwork on some merch. Don't worry, people. For, this is our first run. You got to give us a bit of a bit of it. We're, we're walking before we can run here. Don't worry. We know that we're in good hands. We got TJ giving us the best that we can get. Honestly, he's going above and beyond for Absolutely. us. Because I was on the phone with him and I was like, hey, man, you know, I was thinking, you know, maybe we could start talking about ideas for merch. And he immediately hopped on it. Like, thank you, TJ, for giving us your time, bro. Absolutely, man. You've 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 helped our podcast not only become what it is today, but you're helping us grow even further beyond. And we hope to be able to bring the same kind of bam power muscle strength that you were looking for in your your project louder line. We want the comics and kaijus to be one of your top boys and we are going to make it so top boys. And we are bringing that pop culture to you. So let's absolutely. So now we're down to my bread and butter. Ooh, oh yeah, this book, is all you. The comic book aspect of this show, everything that I love since I was a fucking kid, what really got me excited for this podcast 
the comic aspect. Now, mind you, I do love the kaiju aspect. I'm, it's really growing on me. I haven't really seen much before I joined this podcast, but man, we're in my bread and butter now. All right. So we finally got you guys that second half of Daredevil versus Punisher means and ends. <clears throat> we got that second half of the Daredevil versus Punisher means and ends issues three through six written, drawn, cover art, everything by my boy david lapham i hope i'm saying Only put that in the right. legwork man i he I put hope, in the legwork for this i absolutely hope i'm saying his name right uh of Sounds course right <laughs> of course it was published by marvel for those of you that might not know we're not judging Ooh. we're not judging you know you could be new at this and uh it is 151 pages total and this is our second half talking about it so let's get into it this opens up with I believe it's the kid working at this at uh, that family restaurant where Daredevil saved earlier because the girl reminded him of his mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. Th- now this is after this kid finally he he has the gun that yeah. uh, he, he went and got because he saw Punisher you know take control of the crime exactly. Inspired. But let's just say that, you know, not everyone, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, man, so it breaks into my house. I don't give a shit. I'll pop a cap in their ass. You know, some people believe that they can just do that, but they don't understand the consequences of those actions. And exactly. this is a kid who does not understand that. He doesn't he understand. Just to protect, he just wants to protect his mom. He wants to protect it, his dad and he wants to protect his sister. Exactly. And Look, I am a, a huge protective person over my friends and my family and loved ones. I'm exactly. very protective over them. So I understand. And I, I was able to sympathize with his ideology, but it, it mm. when you're dealing with a mob, it's a bit more complicated. It's a bit dicey, than it's a bit dicey it, it, to say the least. It is. So, but he, he does take advantage of that. though. He, he manages to actually, you know, stand up for his father when he's getting mugged. Mm-hmm. And it's admirable. It really is, but it really is. it's it, it was an honest attempt. But I mean, he was at the end too much hubris, too much, and it was. They ended up screwing him over, which we will get to here in a moment. So the plot rundown that we're at so far: uh, the professor, or sorry, not the professor, Hammerhead is in prison at this moment, and mm-hmm. the professor has revealed to Hammerhead that. Basically, Hammerhead's not getting out. The professor's taking over the family business. He's going to be the new top dog, and he's going to run it from this impregnable prison that's just absolutely impossible to get to him to, or so he thinks. And basically, Daredevil is hunting down Frank Castle because, you know, he believes that the Punisher is crossing too many lines, that he needs to be stopped, that he's no better than the people he's fighting against, honestly, that... It'll just end up consuming him. The rage, the vengeance, everything. So Daredevil's trying to race to take him down while Punisher's also trying to figure out a way to get into this prison and get Punisher, or not Punisher, but get the Professor, get Hammerhead, and just defeat them once and for all because they're trying to fill in that void left by the Kingpin. Yeah. <clears throat> it it really is like kind of like a a battle for power. It really in is. This- it, it, we're, the main conflict that we're looking at in this in this comic and the story is the conflict between Daredevil and Punisher. But obviously there is a lot more brewing in the background with Absolutely. the way everyone's diving in because they want to get the, they, the you know, the the all powerful seat of the kingpin exactly. is now free. And, and there's the ten million dollars on the Punisher's head. There's also exactly. everybody's gunning for him. He's running Pun- or Daredevil's looking for him. And uh, Daredevil ends up actually 
chasing down leads and beats the crap out of people, of course, and figures out uh, this uh, van, basically, where Punisher should be at. And there's this really cool fight scene because uh, Daredevil knows it's a trap. Like He knows going in. He's like, yeah, this is a trap. I know exactly what I'm about to walk into is going to fuck me over. But Oh, yeah. But it's also the only way I can bait Punisher out. So he purposely bites the trap, purposely goes in, just balls to the wall. And they have this really cool fight scene where they're just trading blows, like absolutely trading blows, like oh, yeah. fighting. Like, you can't, it's a slugfest. Yeah, it could go either way at this point. Like they're fighting, they're fighting, they're getting good hits both sides. And it's just absolutely crazy. And then uh, Punisher is like, you know what? No, I have to end this. Like. He's going to try and stop me, and he's he's just as bad as the criminals. This entire time, Punisher is trying to justify, because at the beginning, he says, I'm not going to kill Daredevil at all. But well, it's because he, he says, and it's what I've always loved of how he describes Daredevil, is he calls him a kid who doesn't understand the exactly. world yet. Exactly. He's so young. He's so young. He, he's naive. Uh, he's not. He's never been to war, so he doesn't have that type of experience going on. And... Towards the second half, he's really trying hard to justify killing him because yeah. he's like, well, he's defending these murderers. He's giving them black eyes and sending them to prison where they'll just get out with a slap on the wrist. You know, murderers aren't going to learn from just a simple black eye. And he's, he's just oh. all these thoughts are just racing through his head as he's trying to justify killing or at the very least crippling Daredevil. Yeah, just he's getting tired he really is. He's get. You can see that Frank is starting to really have a internal conflict with it because he's tired of of Matt being in his way. He's ready to just be able to deal justice, Punisher style justice, the way he sees fit. He's tired of Matt interfering. He's tired of like constantly. He's essentially just getting blue balled and killing people. This entire Absolutely. this entire Absolutely. omnibus, the, the entire story. He is just getting blue balled by by daredevil the entire time and he's book dude it is and he's ready to you know be the punisher but matt is not letting him be the punisher he is 100 percent making sure Mm -hmm. that he cannot just do what he wants and that there are consequences to everything he does and that's how it needs to be and part of the thing that's fueling daredevil up to this point is daredevil's personal friend you know as his matt murdoch alter ego uh, mm-hmm. is this assistant district attorney. I forget his name. I think it's like Thomas. And uh, basically Punisher kills that assistant district attorney because Punisher finds out that he's actually on the professor's payroll. And of course, Matt Murdock, you know, he fully thinks that this ADA is, he's a really good guy. Like he thinks he's an upstanding citizen. He's, he thinks he's clean. And he thinks the Punisher just killed an innocent man, which is really what's definitely just accelerating this jet fuel sprint to try and take the Punisher down. And it's amazing to see that the Punisher or not the Punisher, but the daredevil is like, I didn't think you'd kill an innocent. Like I, he finally crossed the line. Like I thought he would just keep it to murderers and scumbags, you know? And he's also having that internal war of, Hey, I got to take this guy down. Who's just taking down criminals. I mean, granted he's doing it the wrong way in my opinion. Yeah. Like in daredevil's opinion, he's like, Punisher's doing this but you can, wrong but way. You can, yeah, but you can see that Matt is even like, he's like, he's he's taking down criminals. He's doing, he's going past 
where Matt has sworn to never cross. Exactly. So he's he's extending. It's like he's extending the reach of what Matt has always wanted to do to make sure that they never hurt anyone else. But the Punisher is willingly going beyond that and putting his hands into the filth mm-hmm. that Matt has sworn to never go to. Yeah, and that, that's the way the Punisher views it. The, the Punisher's like, no, these guys have to go down. They're not going to change. Obviously, if they haven't changed at this point, they're not going They to. never will. Exactly. And, and Daredevil with the Catholic guilt and just the way he was raised and stuff like that, he's like, no, everybody deserves a second chance. Like, we shouldn't kill them. We should be better than them so that we can set a proper role model for any future kids or next generations of heroes exactly just just next generations of people period but that's also where what's the the kid is really kind of playing off of that because he's following really enters exactly the he is following the he's following frank's example exactly and (laughs) and he learns soon enough how dangerous that is because he Mm -hmm. like we were talking about he stands up for his father he stands up for his mother he stands up for his sister his dad dies his sister and mother end up in the hospital and he's stuck with all this guilt. He's like, this is all my fault. Like, I mm-hmm. I did this. And Frank, of course, goes to the hospital because he heard about it and he felt responsible. And Frank goes there and the kid blames Frank for it because he's like, look, you showed me that we can stand up to them. But you didn't show me this, basically. You didn't show me that standing up to them would get people I love hurt. And it's just this really heartfelt scene. And then, you know, they reveal that there's people there that are going to take down the kid and take down Frank and they, they escape, go back to the kid's apartment or whatever. And he's, he's just talking to Frank and he's just blaming Frank. And he's, he's just saying like, look, if we're going to stand up to them and they're going to do this, what's the point in standing up? And it's just a really nice, really nice segment in the comic. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's Frank starting to realize that he has to take responsibility for his mm-hmm. actions. That's why he, that's where we start getting to the part where he's protect. He's starting to be really protective of the kid. Yeah. He's watching over him because the mob, like they, they know who he is. Yeah. They know that he is the guy who killed one of their guys. Exactly. So they're like, they okay, well, $10 million bounty on his head. Oh yeah. They, they are now officially, you know, they're, they want him. They they're they're coming they're gunning for him. It's not as simple as what they originally thought, where it's just gonna be, you know, oh, okay, you know, he he killed him, you know, we'll just send somebody at him and he'll die. But that is where uh Frank comes in. He's like, you know, I don't want this guy, I don't want this kid to die because of my actions. I gave him this idea. Exactly. It was my actions that caused this repercussion. Yeah, yeah, he gets the he gets this just overwhelming sense of responsibility for the kid. And at this point, Daredevil swoops in because Punisher's about to go leave and clean up his mess that he made. And Daredevil's basically like waiting in the fire escape. And he's like, you need to surrender. And Punisher's like, fuck you. I'm not surrendering. Like, I'm not giving up. Hell no. Dude, it's the Punisher. You think he's going to surrender? Exactly. And they have this great fight scene that begins. Oh, my God. That begins with Daredevil throwing Punisher through a brick wall. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah no oh, the, the fight just was dude it's so good oh and it's, it's such, such a good an amazing fight, fight. And, the, and there's like there's scenes because it switches back and forth between the perspectives through the panels like you got you got the yellow highlighted text for uh daredevil's mind you got the black text for punisher's mind and it's just going back and forth and back and forth talking about how like hey i, I can't hold back through and honestly you can see a parallel like they're both basically saying i can't hold back i can't afford to anymore I need to take it yeah. down. And Punisher even says one of us isn't leaving this building. 
Yeah, and Frank was out for blood in this for Frank, sure. Frank was definitely out for blood, but he's always out for blood. It's it's his character style. Daredevil though, oh dude, he he had it fucking hot and heavy for Frank in this one, bro. He was just laying into them. They're fighting back and forth. Uh, Frank is using his like. Uh, I don't even know what you'd call his fighting style. It's more like a boxer slash kind of special forces mix, you know? And then, yeah, and, and the way Frank fights, it's more brutal. It's yeah. not like, you know, Daredevil where it's, it's he's, more you know, jump. Yeah, it's, he, Daredevil is way more acrobatic. He's way more agile, but that's because Daredevil yeah, is not around, a... He's spinning, he's doing these cartwheels, dodging everything, yeah. throwing his batons and all sorts of shit. But that's the way Matt was trained. Matt is not a inherently big guy. Frank is this just built like a fucking like brick a house Mac kind truck, bro. Dude, honestly. <laughs> so when he's jumping around, he knows the minute if Frank gets a hold of him, he's going to tear him apart. Oh, yeah. He's like a as bulldog. Soon as, as soon as he gets his ass, bro. Dude, as soon as Daredevil caught him, he caught him by like Daredevil tried to do like some little leg lock scissor thing on his head. And yeah, throw him, yeah. And, and then Frank caught him. his leg and bit into his calf and got a hold of him. He, yeah. he was like a damn dog. Bro, he and then, bit and a then hold he of threw him, his ass and fucking stomped his back and his neck. And I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure there was a snap. Like, wasn't there a snap? I believe there was. I, I think he like was. broke something in his back and like it didn't paralyze him, but it definitely stunned him for a hot minute. Yeah. Before he can actually recover. And, and, dude, and Frank during that time, him. Frank was fucking just laying into him like he grabbed him by the arm because he noticed that Daredevil like had had a kind of limper arm out of the two. So he grabbed that arm. He just started laying in and squeezing the fuck out of that arm, just fucking up that arm, too. And then, oh, yeah. And then fucking Daredevil, because of how smart he is and the way he was trained. Goes immediately for Punisher's legs. Just fucks up Punisher's leg, bro. Punisher collapses to the floor. They're talking. And I think he breaks point, his knee or something, I think he doesn't does. he? I think he does, yeah. And at this point, the kid watching this entire battle going on, which, mind you, is destroying the apartment. There's cracks in oh, the walls. Yeah. They've destroyed furniture, tables, everything. It's just fucked from the also, fight. Also to note that Frank is not trying to use a gun in this fight. This, yeah, this, is this straight entire up fight was hand to hand. Yeah. Yeah, Frank didn't use his knives, nothing. He had his boot knife still, but he didn't use his knife. He didn't use his guns, which he had his guns. They were available to him, but he did not use them because Frank still was in that conflict of, I can't just kill this kid. Even though he was still trying to justify it, he he couldn't because, I mean, Daredevil had Matt's just young. Matt is young and he doesn't know and he knows that he is a good person, but he can't rightfully just kill a guy because he's in your way because exactly. that goes against exactly. his code and it's at this point that the kid pulls the pistol yeah because he's, he's aiming- tired of seeing them kill one another exactly and he's, he's aiming it at daredevil he's aiming it at punisher and he's like both of you just like stop mm-hmm. and you know daredevil's saying no kid this isn't your fault like this is punisher's fault like everything that's going down it, it's the punisher the punisher pushed you to this and the kid's like nah and the kid you know, basically kind of explains a wrapped up version of his own story. And Daredevil says, look, you need to think about your mom. You need to think about your sister. They need a new man of the house. Like you can't go down this path. And at that point, you know, they're still holding each other by the basically choking each other out. And Daredevil goes, hold on. And he hears the soldiers coming up or not soldiers, but the, the mob coming up to the apartment to try and kill all three of them. And at that point, they literally go from hands around each other's throats to fighting back to back, basically. And it's so nice to see that, like, they'll set it aside because this kid is potentially at risk. This kid could be fucked up. This kid could be killed. They put 
all their beef immediately aside and goes, we can resume this shit later. This kid's in trouble. Yep. And the mob goes in and oh, they go, spoiler alert for the faint of heart. Skip over these next few minutes, but the mob goes absolutely ham and just fucking riddle that kid with bullets. Yeah, that it was. It it was really sad. It was sad. It was yeah, really it was. sad, especially to know that the wife, or not the wife, the mother and the sister, now not only lost their husband slash father, but also and their son slash brother. And it it was rough, man. It, it was really disappointing. It was it, it not really disappointing. Is. It was just sad. It it really is just a really sad scene, and they fight back to back, and they they end up getting uh the mob down and then this like SWAT team rolls in basically and Punisher's fucked up. And Oh yeah. He took a lot of gunfire. As soon as the SWAT team comes in, uh, he thinks it's more of the mob. So he grabs the fucking Uzi and as, as he reaches for the Uzi, Uzi, the SWAT team opens fire on him. And right as they start opening fire, Daredevil punches the guns out of them, disarming them and goes, hold your fire. Damn it. Like shit. Fire. Like, both of you, but they managed to get quite a few bullets into Daredevil, or sorry, yeah, Daredevil Punisher. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, Frank, Frank took about three or four, three or four rounds. I think oh, he took one in the leg. Solid fucking rounds. He had yeah, a couple I think in his took, chest. Yeah, he took like one in his shoulder, one in his lower rib, one on his waist, and like one on his other leg. So he took about three or four rounds, I think. And it just it it really did a number on him. But oh, this, this is. But this is where it was really sad to me because after that man, he he started like crawling to the kid's body. Yeah, it was sad. He was like, he was like, no, the boy, you know, because because he finally noticed. He finally noticed that the kid was dead because they were all in the heat of the battle. Like, you don't notice that shit until everything calms down. And yeah, it's too late. The kid's dead. And he's like, (sighs) you could almost see like, uh, did they show him crying or? No, he didn't cry, but he he was wanting to. You could tell tell, like like, his face. It was just contorted. It was sad. It was the guilt had just. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And I think it was more guilt than crying because he knew that that was his fault. Exactly. He knew it was. He not only has his family's death on his hands, now he has this He has this kid. Yeah, this poor kid that was just trying to defend his family. And this, and this motherfucker, I mean, not to really redirect it, but I'm going to redirect it. This motherfucker with how many bullets in his goddamn body manages to stay on his knees instead of just collapsing like anybody else would have. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of willpower in Frank Castle just astonished it's 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 honestly admirable just seeing how strong he is and how he does not give a shit exactly and uh we get this really cool line oh my god i loved it because the SWAT team's rolling in and he's just standing there and they're like put your hands on your head and he just looks at them and goes if i could raise my hands to my head do you think i'd let you guys in arm reaching distance and he just surrenders. <laughs> dude, just think about that. You just lit this dude up with bullets. And not and only he's still is he talking still, shit. <laughs> he's still talking shit as he's sitting there bleeding out on his knees. He's outnumbered. There's like there's like what 15 SWAT guys around him. And he's and they still all have guns shit. at his head. And he's still talking shit. He's unarmed at this point. And he's still talking shit. Unarmed and has guns pointed at his skull. He's bleeding he's out. He's still talk knees. shit. And he's like. He's like, if I could raise my motherfucking hands, do you think he'd be this close? <laughs> Honestly, it, Bro, it's just so uh, badass. It just reminds dude. me why I love the Punisher as much as I dude, do. Dude, same, same, fucking same. Absolutely. And uh, the comic book kind of wraps up around here because it, it does leave on a cliffhanger because they want you to continue the story with 
Uh, I'm sure that there's another omnibus of it. Oh, but uh, uh, it ends off with him going to the virtually impenetrable prison that we talked about earlier. And he's basically in a hospital bed. And this, uh, I want to say a nurse or maybe a nurse's aide. Uh, it was a nurse. It was like kind of like a quarterly nurse that they have at prisons. Yeah. And he's bringing Frank his pills. And he's like, hey, you know, you need to take your pills. And Frank basically grabs him and like tells him to shut the fuck up. And he's like, I've been palming your pills. I haven't been taking them. I've been ripping out the IVs that you've put in me. Now you're going to take these pills and you're going to tell me how to get to the professor. Right. And yeah, it's just pretty much Punisher's just like. And he's like, well, I can't take the pills, sir. I mean, th- these are for you. These are for you to take. And the Punisher goes, no, you're here to kill me. Basically, he doesn't exactly say it like that, but. Yeah. And he TLDR, shoves, we get a nice classic. No, you basically, <laughs> basically. And he shoves the pills in this dude's mouth and it ends with the nurse like foaming at the mouth on the floor because obviously these pills were there to kill him. Yep, and there was just an assassination attempt. It was definitely an assassination attempt, and oh, that professor's going to be fucked up because Frank is now inside the prison, right where he wanted to be. And all he has to do is finish recovering from that battle, and no doubt in my mind, the professor's about to get his shit wrecked. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's coming. It's like he, coming. He, he knows it's coming. Absolutely. And like... The, that's that's one of the reasons why I love Frank so much oh, is because crazy. even dude he has so many plans on top of plans on inside of plans. of plans yeah because he just compartmentalizes everything everything oh, yeah. is just strictly thought out he's got fallouts for everything like I'm not really saying like contingencies like Batman or whatever but this motherfucker is so good at improvising sometimes it doesn't even feel like he's improvising yeah. And so, like, when they, you would think, you know, he goes into prison. Oh, fuck, man. He's in prison. He's screwed. Now he's really screwed. No. But then it, like, it, the panels in onto his face, and he's just, you can see, he's like, he's got a little, he's got, he's pissed, but he has a smirk of, like, now I know where you're at, motherfucker. Exactly. Like, now now I know how to get to you. Yeah. You've been untouchable this whole time. Yeah. Now, not so much. So now, let's get into kind of the more personalized items of this. What would you say was your favorite panel or scene in this comic book? The one we talked about just a while ago, Frank sitting there on his knees with all those guns at his head Absolutely. with bullets in his body, Absolutely. still saying just like motherfucker, if I can move, you think you could get this close. Absolutely. It was like, it was just so badass. Uh, like it was- it's, it's classic Frank, classic Punisher and had so much just, it was the most Punisher like, thing he could have ever said. Oh, for sure. It's just it gave me goosebumps. It was just on point. Now, now that we finished, let's do a little uh little experimental kind of skit here. Okay. So who do you side with? That it's tough. Take everything out. I I side with okay, be honest. I I side with Daredevil here. Because honestly, you gotta you gotta set the role model. So, who do you side with? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with Frank. You're gonna side with. Frank? I think it. Now, I'm you, the reason you, I do agree with his mindset. Okay, like some he people, just goes about it the wrong way. It. Some people deserve it. Yeah, he does mm-hmm. do go about it the wrong way, but that's because of years upon years of trauma, war, special forces, coming home to his wife and kid being killed. Like, so it's, it's got to break something in you, you know. 
I agree. And I agree that both sides have their arguments that daredevil exactly. side of it, setting the role model and being an example for others is, is, is crucial. But I also see Frank's and Punisher side of it because sometimes the system fails. Some people are too big. They go over the system and they go around and underneath it and they slide through the cracks. And when they do, they just do the exact same thing again. And the cycle continues. Absolutely. And, and I could agree that daredevil is naive. And he does believe that people are innocent until proven guilty. But some people, mm-hmm. some people, I mean, granted, I, I'm, I'm of the mindset where a lot of people deserve a second chance. I agree. But, but when you have somebody as evil as the Kingpin, as evil as Hammerhead, as evil as the Professor, who will not change, there's got to be stuff that has to be done. Now, that being said, I do still more or less side with Daredevil because all throughout the comic book, he is the only one throughout this entire thing that does not morally waver. And to me, that sends a greater message. Yeah. But it also, it goes into the point of, you know, side, I do side with Daredevil, but it, it, I mean, not Daredevil with Punisher, but it also raises the ideology and the mindset of like, yes, what he is doing is to the extreme. And yes, what he is doing is something that a lot of people do agree need that you know hey it needs to be done sometimes you can't help it but then it's also it just makes you step back and think okay who are you to decide that mm-hmm. who gives you that right absolutely like there's got to be some sort of system there's got to be exactly something in place to make sure everything is checked and double checked and make sure that whatever resolution is chosen that it's the proper one for the situation and the crime because I mean, you take Punisher, you know, what does he think is a proper punishment for just about anything? Murder, mm-hmm. death. Like, yep. There like, is no just you're dead. It's just like, you know, beat you up, go to jail. There is none of that. It is always to the extreme. It is always you're dead. Like, oh, exactly. you're mugging somebody. Daredevil would beat you up. You'd go to jail. You'd have time to rethink your life. Maybe do some sort of rehabilitation. Maybe get like a therapist or something. Punisher, you're mugging somebody. <laughs> My 45 has something to say about that. <laughs> Just exactly. Now, it's it's a bit rough, but it gets them. I get what you're saying. Now, <laughs> I'm going to say you side with Frank here. Who do you think would win one on one? Full arsenal at their disposal, like full weaponry. Who do you think I'll, would win out of the two? Like with no interference from outside. Okay. In neutral no interference. Ground, in neutral ground mm-hmm. where ni- neither of them have prep time, neither of them know where they're fighting at. Okay, that's exactly what I was going to say, prep time. Because if it's prep time, Punisher all day. If he, if it's, if there is any bit of prep time, I, I 100% believe Frank would win. Because but he's proven that he can also, win if he has prep. He's also a fucking master of improv, though. But he's a master tactician. So that means he could plan for anything Daredevil has on him. Daredevil, when he goes into a fight, he scans everything. He looks around. He uses his, you know, his sonar to look around at every single thing around him to make sure he doesn't get caught by anything. Mm -hmm. But Frank knows that he knows how to disrupt Daredevil's vision to make it to where he can deal with him. Mm -hmm. So that being said, if it is a neutral one V one fight, one V one full arsenal, if they're just on a flat surface, yep. nothing else, Basically. full arsenal, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to I, just because if he's full arsenal, he's got more than enough weapons and more than enough bullets to deal the job. 
Yeah, Daredevil is a masterful tactician. I mean, not not tactician, but martial artist. His sonar and his agility give him the advantage. Sorry, man, but you can only dodge bullets so much. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you do reach a point, but you're also dismissing how great Daredevil is at just jarring somebody, disarming them, just knocking them off their feet. And if you get get Punisher on his back, bro, he's done. Like Punisher's strength is in his standing fight. In my opinion, I believe that he is at his best when he is standing facing his opponent, not when he's on his ass. I think if it was a flat surface fight, they went one on one, charged at one another and Daredevil and Punisher one on one. Punisher had his full arsenal of weaponry at his disposal. Even if he decided it's like, oh, I'm fighting Daredevil, I'll just bring a shotgun. Even if a few pellets hit him, that's enough to put somebody down. True. True. That's how I'm thinking, because if if, because Daredevil's arsenal is literally his baton. Punisher's arsenal is any weapon he can get his hands on. Absolutely. Now, if it was fisticuff for fisticuff, Daredevil. Daredevil's a much better fighter. He's much more tactical with his fighting, and he knows how to dismantle the Punisher. Yeah, but that being said, I mean, all the Punisher has to do, like you said earlier, is just grab him. Get a hold of him. Grab him, and he's fucking toast. Yep. But if I, if I, I mean, honestly, think about it. Daredevil has fought many, many a people who are just as good as a fighter as Punisher and people who have super abilities that could, that are more powerful than the Punisher. Oh, yeah. But and, the Punisher. And one of Daredevil's at, biggest enemies is the Kingpin, who is much larger than the Punisher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. So that being said, I say if it's a 1v1, fist to fist, Daredevil. If it's a 1v1, full arsenal, Punisher. That is also what makes these this story so amazing because they are so close to being equals that there's literally like a a fraction of a follicle of hair difference between the two in a fight. Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, shit, let's take some fucking viewer feedback on this one. Let us know. Who do you guys think would win and why? Place your bets, people. Tell us who you think is going to be the guy to come. Blow up our Facebook. Just have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give us your give us your thoughts on who is who will win the brawl between the two. Will it be Daredevil, the fucking demon in Hell's Kitchen, or will it be the Punisher, the man with the arsenal to Ooh. take out anyone? Absolutely. I'm curious to see what people think because I mean, honestly, yeah, same. Honestly, you know, I love Daredevil. I love Punisher. I love them both. But Daredevil was introduced to me first. It, it kind of has a place. Place at my heart, you know? Understandable. So, so I, I got to side with the boy here. Plus, you know, Matt, Matt. Matt, yeah, to. that's God's understandable. To. Understandable. <laughs> so uh, what would say is your what would you say is your final rating of not only the second half, but the uh, comic book arc as a whole? The entirety? I'm going to yeah. give it a nine. I, I thought about this a while back when we did the first segment, and I felt really confident in my rating. The only thing that I said that in the last time as a whole, I just prefer the more grittier and less comic-y superhero form of the Punisher, which I know a lot of people love this version of him, and I've got nothing against it. It's just a personal preference mm-hmm. that I have. If it was that version of the Punisher, 100% would be a 10 out of 10 in my book. But as far as like this, as it is, the story is good. The characters are good. The arc between daredevil and punisher going from them just clashing heads to coming to a conclusion of understanding one another at the end of everything and daredevil kind of feeling pity for frank at the end 
it just it became it went full circle instead of it just you know being linear and mm-hmm. it was really well said david lapman like honestly dude he did everything himself it was amazing. I liked it. It's a nine out of 10 for me. And I would honestly recommend it to anybody that truly just wants to read a good, solid Marvel story between Daredevil and the Punisher. Absolutely. It's amazing. You see them fight back to back. You see them fight each other. And it's just it's just a great blend. Now, I'm going to have to disagree with you just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm going to seal it or I'm going to hit it with that quarter J seal of awesomeness and give it a 10 out of 10 because, oh, man, I mean, this... This had me, this had me fangirling. All right, like this, this movie. I almost said movie. This comic, bro. Uh, it felt like a movie. All right, like it was, it was amazing. You had, you had the moral clashes. You had them just fighting at these polar ends, and you could see both perspectives just back and forth and back and forth. And you got to see like the public view whenever they showed the news articles. You got to see mm-hmm. that kid's point of view. You know, whenever he was talking about how he looked up to Frank because of how he dealt with the criminals in the bar and. It was just amazing. It, I loved it. Now, I do agree that it would have been awesome if it was a different version of Punisher. Because I'm not really a big fan of Punisher and tights. But, yeah. <laughs> but I am hitting it with that 10 out of 10. It gets the quarter J seal of awesomeness. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely Hell, yeah. recommend it. Love, love, love this comic book. It was absolutely amazing. Probably... Probably my favorite one we've read so far. Hey, I, I do not doubt it. It's honestly like it, it's a top contender for me for sure. Absolutely. And guys, don't be shy. Come on, let us know how you think. You know, yeah. Are get, you going to check this out because we mentioned it? Let us know. Do you have Absolutely. a comic book that you want us to maybe shit on or talk about, or you know, maybe even a kaiju film? Let us know. We're open to comments. We're open to seeing what you guys want from us. Give us feedback, people. We love it. Anything you got to give us, we're here for it. Absolutely. We want to hear your thoughts and your ideas. We are open to all of them. Absolutely. Well, without further ado, this has been an absolutely terrific episode, bro. Thank you for joining us. Dude, it is a pleasure. Thank you. once again. I, I can't thank you enough <laughs> for letting me be a part of this crew because I feel so welcomed. I feel so a part of the family. I thank I want to give another shout out to TJ for pulling me in here once again, the Project Louder crew and everyone else. Guys, thank you for letting us be a part of this giant community that is slowly just getting bigger and better each and every day. Absolutely. And I hope that we can be the, you know, the standard of what Project Louder brings, which is the highest quality of podcast that you can listen to. So thank you again, everybody, for this. Thank you. Matt for bringing me on Cameron you nerd even though you're not here thank you for being a part of it as well and it's just it is a pleasure and always will be absolutely man it's honestly it's a breath of fresh air to have you here bro I was talking to TJ the other day I was like I was like I love this guy bro like you really chose somebody this guy he's got a fire like he he's passionate about comics and kaijus and I fucking love it It's, it's amazing it's a great feeling to be on a podcast with somebody who just absolutely adores this baby all right because this is our baby this is our baby she's growing all right and yeah, it's absolutely nice. dude it's absolutely amazing to work with somebody who loves it too hey right back at you man without further ado this is your host quarter j signing off and this is austin once again signing off to you guys and we'll catch you in the next one